guys welcome to another episode of self-helpless i'm taylor tomlinson i'm delaney fisher i'm kelsey cook and uh wow i have such a newscasting voice <laughs> on when i opened this episode i got i got real insecure about it once kelsey came in sounding real chill <laughs> and i was like i think i I think I went too hard. <laughs> no, I like it. It's very professional. It's great. Okay, you know, thank you. It's another episode from quarantine, guys. This is how we do things now. So yep. <laughs> <laughs> we can't see each other. We're just, uh, we're trying our best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, happy 420, everybody. We have a special 420 Yay. guest, um, incredible comedian, Josh Wolf, who um, is kind of like a weed aficionado. <laughs> Yes, I love Josh Wolf. He is just so funny and so kind, like very genuine, you know? And like, we've talked about this with the entertainment industry. You know, it's not everybody is like that. Uh, That's that's an understatement, but you know what I'm saying? It's really nice to find like genuine people, um, you know, who who are in this world. Yeah, yes. absolutely. And such a generous, such a generous laugher, which so many oh, comedians are not. <laughs> yeah. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. He's just good great. man. Good man button all day on Josh Wolf. He's Yeah. Uh, but we dig uh, what did we dig into this episode? Man, we talked about like how he first, you know, started getting into weed and like how he kind of uses it strategically for creativity mm-hmm. and relaxation. He talked he was some good marriage advice. Yeah. Um, you know? I, I love what he says about reinventing yourself in, in relation yeah. to what's happening in the world right now and how it's affecting, um, you know, us specifically as entertainers who can't work, but really anyone who, who is losing their job and, and needing to pivot. So that for me was like, oh my gosh, that, that really hit home. Yeah, yeah that was great. That yeah, was great. He's been so successful in the business for so many years and um, I just think that his perspective right now is something that us, us younger folk can really learn from. Oh God. Yeah. What he just said about like, it's as simple as just making sure you're having fun. I mean, it yeah, can't get any simpler than that, you know? Yeah. And he's just so positive. Like anytime I've ever been around him, like he for sure lives by that. You can tell like he lives by yeah. that philosophy. He doesn't just say that and then do something else. Like you can tell that he really embodies that with like his day to day. He's just yeah. A, a I truly cool it makes me want to be high all the time because I'm like, well, <laughs> seriously, what do, I, what do I have to do to be him? But I thought it was fascinating that he doesn't smoke weed before eight p.m. and only if he has a productive day. Yeah, that shocked me. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, but that's he also good. said he drink a cup of coffee. Yeah, to stay yeah. Up. maybe that's just for shows at night. Well, I guess if he's if he's doing something, you know, and he yeah, if he wants to be awake for a show or just you know not pass out early, but yeah, don't know. Yeah, <laughs> he was great. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy our interview with him. And we have an iTunes review of the episode. This is from um, at Alira Mirez. Says thank you for your continued honesty during this very odd time in life. Your podcast has helped me during the best of times. Its messages are only amplified during this quarantine time. Thank you. Oh, man, thank you so much for taking time to leave us that nice review. That feels good yeah. to know that this is helping some of you guys during quarantine. Oh, yeah, that is. That's just the best feeling ever. Yeah, thank you. And if you haven't yet, take a second. I mean, I feel like a lot of us have more time than usual, and it would help us a ton if you, if you went and gave us a five-star rating and review. We've been moving up the charts lately, which is very cool. Yeah. yeah. And you guys, if you want, you know, 50 bonus episodes and counting that you want to binge listen to, feel free to come and join our Patreon at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only five bucks of- a month. There you go. Uh, all right. Should we get into this interview with Josh Wolf? Yes. Let's do it. Don't all worry. right. Enjoy, guys. Have a good one. Stay safe. 
Okay, we're so happy to have this guest on this week. Uh, you might know him because he has a million subscribers on YouTube. Please go subscribe to him there. Uh, he also has a brand new show on Facebook Watch called Josh Wolf's Wonderful World of Weird. Give it up for Josh Wolf. Yay. Yay. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for being here. <laughs> Thank you for, well, for wherever you guys are. Thank you for yeah. having me. Yes. <laughs> We are recording this remotely, and I know that you had a lot of options of stuff to do today, Josh. So thanks, uh, <laughs> thanks for <laughs> thanks for spending it with us. <laughs> yeah, I've rearranged my living room like forty <laughs> fucking times. I think the chair goes better over here. No, maybe it goes better over here. Like, well, that's oh, perfect because I picture you doing that super high, and that's why we wanted yeah. to have you on today for this for, for funny episode. Yes. That is that is how I do most of my activities. You are a hundred percent correct, and I, I was. I was hoping, you know, when this first started, I'm like, I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to put the weed down. And I was like, two days in, I was like, fuck that. <laughs> what am I thinking about being a better person? That's stupid. No, no man. A pioneer for this time. We need to yeah. need people like you leading the way with the weed. Dude, yeah, my weed it, consumption has gone up enormously since quarantine. So I am like <laughs> next level, eating edibles on the on the reg. I mean, I'm really, really going hard because do you, you know. Do you know else? what I've done to add mine? I've now so Monday nights I do a show from my backyard called The High Life, where I used to just get high, smoke weed, and read like children's books, and do like. <laughs> make drawings, just do weird, silly stuff, right? Well, I've added, since since the end of days, I've added <laughs> mushrooms to that. So, oh, oh my gosh. I, oh, <laughs> the Monday night streams are so, but I ended up wearing a, wearing a boa and a Viking Ooh. helmet last Monday night. Oh, my it God. It was so bananas. You, <laughs> but you have Mushroom God. Monday. You mushroom Mondays is like a thing that you're doing now, Josh, huh? It's fantastic. <laughs> so much fun. I can't believe it. Okay, wait. Um, I have a question. Um, did yes. you just have mushrooms before this started? Did you procure them once shit started going down? When well, did you get the mushrooms? How can we get some? How do we get mushrooms? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't going to say it that bluntly. But ah <laughs> uh, yeah do, do you get that on uber eats like how is uh... okay yeah <laughs> by the way uh, uh did you read and i'll answer your question but did you read i think it was portland that the strip clubs are going out of business so they so they um they started a food delivery yes. service called uber, uber eats no. where the strippers the strippers deliver the food to you, but with their oh. boobs out. Boober oh, eats. Oh, yes. That's brilliant. I'm sorry. That is brilliant. That is just excellent yeah. marketing right there. I think yeah. so. I think so. So um, their boobs are out yeah. they're wearing a mask. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, listen. And that's what? somebody's fantasy. Some people really are covered up, others are not. I saw it yeah. on a, um, a news article in Portland. And I love just the idea of them delivering like flaxseed meal and then getting tipped like a few ones in their bra strap. Like, <laughs> what a time to be alive. <laughs> Can I tell you? And then I, I will answer your mushroom question. My absolute favorite thing about the amount of strip clubs in Portland, because somebody told me, you know, Portland has the most strip clubs per capita of any place. In the yes. country, and I was like, "I've been." I said, "That seems yeah. bizarre to me." But you know what else it has? It has so many bicyclists. So you know what made me laugh? All the strip clubs have like bicycle racks out in front of it. I'm like, that just looks so weird to me. <laughs> <laughs> so Who pulls up to the strip club on their Schwinn? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yes. <laughs> With a bell, bring, 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 bring. Hey, ladies. What's happening? It is the um, weirdest city to have that many strip clubs. What a weird, yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. No, pro so the strange. most progressive city. Okay, mushrooms. I had them pre corona, 
Okay. Um, and uh, but yes, he still delivers during the time of Corona. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And do oh. we do we have an email for him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a bat signal I send from the top of my okay. it's just a mushroom that goes up in the sky. Okay. Yeah, no, he um he's a real drug dealer. That's what I told him. I go, Man, you're a real drug dealer. He goes, Yeah, no pandemic stopping me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, he knows. He knows. Okay. He's needed. He's needed. Oh man. Um, I have a question for you, Josh. I know we were talking a little bit before we started recording, but uh, we, you know, we've talked a little bit about how this is affecting Taylor and Kelsey as full-time comedians. You're obviously a professional comedian as well. How has this quarantine been affecting you and your business, and how are you kind of like pivoting to, uh, you know, adapt with what's going on? Well, obviously, it's devastated everyone's business. You know, everybody who because even like. Taylor, by the way, your special was fantastic. Oh, thank I, you. I, um, on my live last night, there were a couple of twenty-something-year-old women who chimed in, and I was asking them, "Who your favorite? Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite?" And they said, "You know, all of them said Taylor Tomlinson because there's never been a young woman who's spoken like they're watching. Usually, people not saying Whitney's not young, but usually people Whitney's age, Schumer's age. It's older, so they're talking about one generation past what these women are experiencing. So I just wanted right. to let you right. know that all the women your age that I have been speaking to on live, when I ask who's your favorite comic, they're like, "That's the first comic on Netflix who's spoken to us." So congratulations! Oh, that's so um, nice. Thank you. But e- you're welcome. But even in a time like this, right? Now would be the time for you to be out selling out shows across the country. So oh yeah, this sucks. even when we have yes, even when we have you know great things happening. Like there are people watching my Facebook watch show. You know, it just right now still devastates our business because for those of us who make our money on the road, it it ended our income abruptly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so for me. I am really, and um, I think because I've been in this town for a while, the one thing that I I discovered a long time ago, and I was texting Kelsey about this actually, was that this town is constantly about reinventing yourself, right? So whether that's because of how old you have become, whether that's because of technology and that's changed our business or whether it's because of something unforeseen like this, right? It's constantly mm. about if, – because if you don't reinvent yourself – look, Joe Rogan started as a sitcom actor. And then he was a reality show host. And then yeah. he was an MMA guy, right? So like it's constantly about – you know, he's always been a stand-up. But it's constantly about how am I going to reinvent myself, not only how I change, but how the world around me is changing. So for right. some people who haven't been through their first reinvention, this is scary as fuck this yeah. is like this everything that i knew how to do before is now gone so what do i do i'm now have to be a new person in this new world and so it hasn't been as scary because i've had to reinvent myself before mm. but the, the so but for me i haven't been focusing on my business at all i've been focusing on what makes me happy um how do i still have fun because when i can do that my work and creativity falls into place. But for me to panic mm-hmm. and go, I have to write, I have to write, I have to write, nothing good comes out ever. So I've had to remind myself every day, don't turn on the news. Don't sit in it all the time. Yeah. Give yourself three or four, at least three or four times a day where you're doing something that just makes you happy. And that right. has helped me generate more creativity because when I'm tense – I don't know how it is for you guys, but when I'm tense, I can't – I always try to be too perfect with my art. And when I'm happy yeah. and loose, it just kind of flows, you know? Oh, yeah. That was – yeah, I, I love that. That was so good. I, Josh, can I ask, when was the first time in this business that you felt like you had to reinvent yourself and how did you do so? Uh, that's a great question. Okay, so <clears> – <throat> A long time ago, when you guys were probably all learning how to walk, 
I was still doing stand-up comedy. <laughs> no, um, Josh, I, how long um, have you been doing comedy for? Well, the very first time I got on stage, I was 15 years old. Wow. Um, oh, my God. And uh, I'll tell you, I remember somebody asked me the other day, what was your first joke on stage? My very first joke on stage. And I want to tell you guys what I was wearing. You're going to love this. <laughs> it was, I was in Western Massachusetts. It was during the time when people were wearing these, but I was wearing white, like, like acid wash jeans. So it was, they weren't white, but they were, you know, light, light blue. And they were tucked into my oversized Timberlands that were untied. <laughs> I had a baseball hat. I had a fierce mullet. Like oh, it was God. strong because it was spiked up on top too, right? And <laughs> it spiked up on top. You know, oh, back we, we called that the soccer cut. You're welcome. <laughs> and um, <laughs> wait, it gets better. I had a thick, thick silver chain, not like a rope, but like one <laughs> like King, like King Tut would have wore. You know, one of those thick yes. silver chains. Yes. And it gets even worse. I was wearing a white mesh shirt. Now listen. Oh my god. Not, this sounds like not a being Joe Dirte. Yeah. It sounds like someone dared you to wear that. Not like thick holes, not like a Freddie Mercury mesh, like a like a tiny hole, like a football jersey, but all white, right? Oof. I, I, oh yeah, oof is right. So I walk on stage and the guy who had booked this was like, I, I was like, what should I talk about when I signed up? And he said, talk about what you know. That's the easiest thing. And um, so I get on stage and the very first joke I ever told at 15 years old, my mom and dad were in the front row. I said, hey, everybody, my name's Josh. Um, I'm 15 years old. Uh, I'm really excited to be here, mostly because this is the first fucking time I'll be able to fucking swear in front of my cocksucking mom. Oh, my and- God. <laughs> it was it was a turning point in my life where i was like as soon as i heard the laughter i'm like oh i'll be sucking this dick for the rest of my life <laughs> like this is the best feeling i've ever had in my life um oh. but the very first time i had to reinvent myself and this was it happened in life and in my business at the same time. So I was a single dad for a long time. And um, I sold a couple of uh, shows about being a single dad. My comedy was about being a single dad. And my who am I? My entire who am I was wrapped up in that and and how people looked at me and what we talked about and the questions they asked me. And, um, if I'm being uh, completely honest with you, it, uh, I, I don't know how to put this. I, I, because of where I was in my life and, and the lack of confidence I had, I had, it felt good that people were, I don't know what the word, they didn't feel sorry for me, but, but my story, it was empathy. I don't know what it was, but that feeling Mm. I needed it at the time in my life. When I met Beth and I got my, everything changed, how people talked to me, what we talked about in meetings, what my standup was, everything about my, who am I changed. And I was lost as an artist and as a, a person for, as much as I loved her, I was still trying to figure out well, what does that mean for me now walking around in the world and being who I am. And so it took a long time to figure out, to adjust to how people, who my new, who am I? My new, that empathy or that thing that I could lean on or, or people not feeling sorry for me, but whatever it was, was not there anymore. My standup, which was all about this, wasn't there anymore. It didn't ring true to me. All of these things were huge. Taylor, when I say my who am I, I was so wrapped up in this person. You know, when I met Beth, I stood her up on our first date because- Really? Yeah, because I was scared. I had finally settled into this person 
and I was scared mm. to rustle, ruffle those feathers. I was, I had been in such a dark place before that, going through what I had gone through, that I was like, nah, I'm just gonna stick with this person, this who am I forever? Like I'm gonna lean into this, and so I was scared to grow because I didn't know if growth was gonna learn to more lead to more pain. And obviously growth does lead to pain sometimes, but it also leads to growth. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, that makes was, total sense. The 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 people feeling sorry for you thing when you're not being able to talk. Do you mean sort of like it, it gave you this sort of like underdog quality that yes, people yes. tend to relate to in communities? Yeah, because you were a very handsome man. And I assume that was difficult for you uh early on gaining any sort of empathy or underdogness on stage oh yeah very hard very by the way thank you uh but uh um but um uh yeah it it and in and in life yeah it was a it was it was a it really was almost like a cheat and I was yeah. scared. I was scared about what was going to happen when I lost my cheat. Mm. You know, um, yeah. and that was the very first time. But after that time, I mean, and then when there were a couple other ones that happened, but then the big one for everybody was Instagram, YouTube, like everybody. How do I reinvent? And you right. see some of the guys my age who don't who waited to get a YouTube channel, who waited to whatever, and they're behind the fucking eight ball. You know, but it's, it's, it's just one of those things that everybody's who am I, all three of yours will change as you grow, as you have life experiences, as you just get older and you'll have to make, you'll have to reinvent yourself. You know what it's like? And I've heard, look at Horatio Sands. You know who that is? Yeah. Mm -hmm. When he lost weight, has he worked as much? No. Mm. It's a, he had to, he was the chubby, funny guy. Right. I I won't tell you who it is, but I know a guy who's overweight who said, I I won't lose more than a certain amount of pounds. I'm like, dude, it's not healthy for you. And he was like, yeah, but I'm going to lose. He's convinced he's going to lose all his work. He won't be the same person. And so it's reinventing. It's being that new person that is dip. It's not easy to do, but you have to do it to survive. In this business, I, don't, I can't speak about anybody else's business, but in this business, I mean, look at, uh, okay, guys like Jim Carrey and Ben Stiller and, and uh, Adam Sandler, when time, when those times change, they have a heart. It's new audiences. They're not into that style of humor anymore, right? Right, right. It's hard, it's hard for them to fit back into what's happening. So even though Sandler is my all-time hero. And his, oh crush. his special was so good. So oh. good. Mm-hmm. Do you the smelly watch- Uber driver song? I've had it in my head since I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Do you all watch a lot of stand up? Do you all watch a lot of stand up? Yeah. I I do to I'm keep an eye middle. on Yeah, I I do to keep an eye on um like what's been done. I watch like the bigger ones. And Mm-hmm. You know, if you know somebody, you'll watch theirs. I don't watch like a ton, but I will. I will watch. I always watch people like me. Like if you know Amy Schumer puts one out, or Nikki Glaser, or you know Michelle Wolf, or whoever, like who I feel like I might have uh, crossover, like subjects or topics or premises. I will. I will watch those. Uh, to make sure that we don't have any of the same things. It, you know, what's fascinating is I do the exact opposite. Really? Huh. I won't watch, I won't watch Burt Kreischer because I don't want, I don't want to not go down the road of a premise yeah. just because he did. Like right, I know right. he and I are going to have different takes and are different people. So I don't want to limit myself and go, well, I can't talk about that because Burt did. I do love watching people who are so different from me and see how they find their jokes. That's what I love. Mm. I'm like, I would have never thought of that. Oh my God. Right. Like that kind of stuff fascinates me. 
fa absolutely fascinates me. Hey guys, I'm gonna literally, I just have to go pee really quick. I'm so sorry. <laughs> 40, the 45 minutes of me being locked out, I just scrambled to get my headphones in, but I'm gonna pee my pants. So you guys keep talking and I'll tell you when I'm back in, okay? You know, everybody's got that one friend who locks himself out of their apartment and they go, I gotta go, I gotta go pee. I'm, I I'm still here, Josh. I'm still here. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I waited sorry. to see if you'd talk shit and you did. Now I know. Kelsey could have gone in the bushes or something. She was out there for 45 minutes. Okay, some of us have standards, Delaney. I didn't completely devolve into a monkey in two seconds. Okay, I'm going to go pee. I'll be right back. I got to say, I mean, peeing in the bushes isn't the weirdest place I've ever peed. Oh, for sure. Right? That's like the most natural place. You, you know, it's so great if you get one of those like little planters. It kind of it acts as like nature's toilet because you just plop yourself over the edge of it. You know what I'm saying? Anybody I, else? I, I, no. no. <laughs> you are alone. You are alone here. I, uh, yeah, I don't have to plot myself over a planner. planner. I can do a lot. I have a lot of options. Yeah, you're lucky. You're lucky with I that mean, that thing you got there. There are some options. I, I have <laughs> never been, I do know a guy who was so lazy in college. He would keep an empty bottle, two liter bottle by his bed because he didn't like to get up and go to the bathroom <gasps> in the middle of the night. Oh, no. What if you accidentally knock that over, you know, like what, oh. when you get up or... Oh he yeah, did. He did. He oh did. he did many times. Oh, oh god, and he—you don't learn after the first time. Have you met a guy in college before? Touche, <laughs> touche. This is yeah. True. I, this is not a. <laughs> this is boys at a certain age are just. Have you been? Have you been in a dorm room? Gross. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Ugh. The bathroom so in a dorm room or the bathroom in a frat house is like. Oh my God. What? Horrifying. Yeah. Right? No. Horrifying. Yes. Yes, indeed. I would, I would never Did go guys... into a bathroom in a frat house because I don't have a death wish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You're going to catch something yeah, I, in there. That, everything. Yeah, yeah, they never have toilet paper, but somehow they have a fucking pair of skis in there or some shit. It was the weirdest, <laughs> the weirdest place to have to go yeah. to the bathroom. It was the most horrifying thing I experienced yeah. in college. You've got a surfboard and 45-pound dumbbells in your bathroom. Yeah. Why? <laughs> With no and toilet paper? shit-stained towel that's yeah. hanging. It's like, what happened? <laughs> What happened in here? That <laughs> <laughs> is gross. Oh, she's uh, back. Right. Kelsey is back. You missed a beautiful conversation about frat boy uh, and bathrooms. Oh, damn it. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Well, it's okay. We'll catch you up later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I want to. Have we talked really in depth about Josh's, like, the start of your um, love for weed? We have not. Because, I mean, this well, is, we chose you for this episode because of it being on 420. And I just, you know, I'm curious, like, yeah. why, why weed? Why do you love it so much? Well, you know, um, I make bad life decisions when I drink. Okay. Like every, every, when you get past a certain level of drunk, nothing good happens. Like there's no... It's never been for me anyways, where I was like, I got so drunk last night and it was great. Like that never, there was always a point in the night where I said to somebody, hold my beer. And I did something really yeah. fucking dumb. <laughs> and weed does not do that for me. I don't, I don't get hung over. Um, it makes me more creative. It's relaxes me. And it, I've always felt like when I would smoke it, I know this sounds weird. I would like, I'd take a hit and I'd be like, oh yeah, this is, this is how I should feel. This is what I like. Yeah. Always, yeah. always, always. I, I will tell you though, 
the guy that I used to buy my weed from when I was in high school. So he used to come. I used to work at this place called the Gas Lamp, Gaslight Diner. And he would walk into the kitchen and he would, for the first time he sold me weed, he was like, I go, what are those at the bottom? And he goes, those are seeds. And I go, are those good? And he then he smelled blood. He goes, oh, those are real good. That's what you want. You want seeds. I said, and you don't, by the way. You don't want seeds. I said, um, really? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, you can plant them, which you can't. So <laughs> eventually, eventually he would sell, sell me a bag that was all seeds in one tiny little bud of weed. So finally, I, my older brother, I go, I got to show you something. And this has been after a couple months, right? And he goes, what? And I open my drawer and it's just a drawer full of seeds. He goes, what What the fuck is that? I go, I've been buying seeds off this dude, Billy Harrison. And he was like, you are the dumbest fucking person. And he said, by the way, what was your game plan anyways? You were just going to plant them in mom's garden? Like where the fuck were you planning on planting those? Anyway. He's the guy that sells you shrooms, Josh. Don't lie. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I wish. Oh my god. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's very interesting. Yeah. We've talked a lot about. I feel like as the podcast has gone on, all three of us have become more into weed, and we got we got high for Delaney's birthday a couple days ago. Yes. Uh, yes. Did we talk about that yet? I don't think so. No. no. Yeah, we all took an we edible took a- and we walked around outside. It was a perfect what? quarantine birthday. <laughs> yeah. We all, you know, we live in we live very close to each other, so we have to walk, you know, we walk daily anyway, and so we decided to walk very far apart <laughs> for for a little bit. <laughs> and <It's> now, <laughs> what milligram edible are you tell guys people? Eating? Yeah. <laughs> and then then I'm school. We kind of stood like twenty feet apart and talked in a circle circle for a while. Oh yeah, yeah. And then we played what Delaney's are we talking about? Tenacious D song. Oh yes, we did. Uh, I think I took about fifteen milligrams, oh, yeah. uh, maybe twenty. Yeah, oh, I man. had like a couple blueberries. I was maybe five milligrams, if that. Yeah, I was, I was. I was. I was, uh, I took 10 milligrams of gummies and then I smoked. So probably, probably like where Delaney was like 15. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and do you guys like the edible high more or the smoking high more? I mean, it's hard cause we don't want to smoke right now. Uh, right. or yeah. ever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like the edibles cause it feels like, a little healthier and it lasts longer but I do feel like I have to um if I'm gonna do it like while I'm awake I have to like smoking works better for like during the day because edibles make me tired at a certain point no matter what they are yeah yeah Yeah. same yeah I like the way I feel and then I get I get so tired that I'm like oh was it even worth it taking the edible because then I just slept a lot of the day so I'm still trying to find that balance where like I I get the benefit of it but I don't just pass out yeah uh a cup of coffee is what I do towards the end of the edible high oh okay yeah I do that a cup of coffee at the end of the edible high really makes it all okay I I I like the edible high, but I will tell you I've learned some tricks to making it hit a little faster and a little harder and have it oh, not yeah. last quite as long. Mm. Okay, so okay. it turns out that the edible travels quicker. This is what I heard, and it does work for me quicker in your body and hits you harder through a dairy fat. So I eat like a tiny little bit of cheese in my belly and then it gets absorbed in that cheese. It gets absorbed in that dairy fat. It sounds bananas, but (laughs) it is, it makes for a more intense, quicker high. It's it's how it travels through your system. None of us eat dairy. (laughs) Nobody you're talking to. 
This is the most LA weed conversation yes. I've ever had in my life. Does the vegan cream cheese work? Yeah, this is a terrible <laughs> There's some dairy-free Gouda from Follow Your Heart. <laughs> By the way, oh my if anything is going to cure coronavirus, is Josh Wolf's laugh. It is the best thing. <laughs> I really love that is. Laugh, man. It's the best. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me laugh that all three of you are like, that sounds great, but we don't need <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Josh, you're talking to three white basic bitches here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so Josh, you, as somebody who, you get yeah. you get high like every day. What? How much do you have to take now in terms of like an edible to feel something? Well, I'll tell you what. I do get high every day, but I never get high before eight p.m. That's my rule with myself. Oh, okay. I I never okay. wake and bake. I never smoke throughout the day, and if I feel like I didn't put a good day's work in. I don't smoke weed. Oh, oh! So it's like a treat. It's like a reward. It's like a reward. It really is. Like I like to relax. Some people like to have their bottle of wine or a, a whiskey. Right. And some nights I get high to get high as hell. And some nights I get high just to take the edge off, you know. Right. But but for me, I will take probably like I'll take a hundred milligrams and go on stage. What? <laughs> Are you for real? Yeah. 100 milligrams. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I wish, okay, listen, I wish you guys could see my Saturday night late shows are my favorite of the weekend. I get, I take 100 milligrams. Sometimes I bring people on stage and we do dance offs. Oh my God. Uh, oh my God. In my Saturday night late shows on the road, are fun and we it's like an episode of chaos but on stage with me and some audience members just fucking around do you know in philly um there was a guy who was like hey can i come on stage with you man i go nah man it's getting a little late in the show and he goes hey if you let me on stage and let me stand next to you i'll let somebody in the audience kick me in the nuts and i was like okay <laughs> oh my god so, <laughs> he stood on stage and i said is there does anybody out there want to kick this guy in the nuts and some woman named Debbie, soccer mom. Of course. Hands straight up. I do. And I was like, okay. I go, come on up here, Debbie. Oh, it's on my Instagram page somewhere. She st- and she stood behind him and just, <laughs> oh, dropped him. Oh, my God. It was God. amazing. But those kind of re- people who know what happens at my late shows on Saturday. Those shows fill up sometimes in some markets faster than any other show because they're like, oh, this is where the weird shit happens. Oh, Whoa. Like a, like a circus, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It really, I had some people in, uh, I think it was Tempe, um, they showed up dressed as furries. Okay. Oh, Just sure. Just to toe furry costumes. And I'm like, okay, why not? Sure. Did you bring them on stage? <laughs> Uh, I didn't bring them on stage because I was like, I don't oh, know what these people so are up pissed. to. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they're probably yeah. so pissed they didn't get to come on stage. <laughs> I know what? they wore their Prices Right outfit and they didn't get called. Seriously? <laughs> like, I know the, I know the price of greatness, Josh. Pick me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I like sometimes uh, during late shows to smoke weed. Um, just because especially, I don't know how you guys work out jokes or stories that you feel stuck on, but sometimes if I feel stuck, that weed allows my brain to go in a direction that it never would have gone in before. Oh. Mm. And sometimes I find something, I'm like, oh, got it. Got it. So I use it a lot of times for that too. That's awesome. I've never gone on stage high, so I don't know. Have you, Kelsey? You haven't? Yeah, I've done it a few times when I've done um, the dope show. Have you done that show, Josh? I have not. Okay, so it's basically like 
a handful of comedians, you go on stage and you do a set sober. And then as soon as you get off stage, you go get high and then you go back on stage and do another set high. Whoa. Yeah. It's lots of fun. Yeah, how you not? Maybe nobody's asked Josh to do this because he just does that anyway. Every Saturday night. (laughs) (laughs) You mean his regular shows? Yeah, Yeah, that's a possibility. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I would definitely do that show. I, I. you know, the one thing that my Monday nights getting high in the backyard and, and taking mushrooms in the backyard and turning on my camera, the one thing that has done for me, this has been the craziest realization. It's helped my stand up more than I ever thought it would because I think the one thing, the one sphere that I, I held on to the most, um, and we all have our things at stand up, but the one thing that I, my biggest fear, was making a fool out of myself, was Mm. trying a new joke and having it be so bad that I would make a fool out of myself or trying something that that ended up being humiliating. And what this Monday night show has done, because I, I do so many stupid things. The first night I did it, I was like, I'm gonna erase that. And then I went back and looked at it and I'm like, nobody, I'm alive, like my career isn't ruined. And the thing that I was the most scared of, here I am the next day, there's no comments on my page about you're dumb or I can't believe you did that stupid shit. And I was like, okay. And the more I did it, the more I would look at it and be like, and nobody's saying, all that fear was all me. And so mm. this show can away that fear of looking stupid. It, it, it was, it's such a cool, cool byproduct of just sitting around and getting high. But it's <laughs> definitely not what I thought <laughs> Yeah. It really helped me stand up more than anything I can think of in the last couple of years. Hmm. Damn. Are you are you into any other kind of like, you know, self-help, self-improvement type stuff, Josh? Like, you know, you just kind of explained how, how you use weed kind of strategically and stuff. Do you have like a certain routine or a book that you love or anything like that? I I I try to always bring it back to fun. That's it. Like our job is supposed to be fun. Think about what we do for a living. Life is supposed to be fun. I always remind myself, I've got one ride on this rock. How do I want to spend that time? Do I want to spend it complaining and worrying? Or do I want to spend it living and having experiences? You can't take money with you. You take experiences. And so it's it's less of looking to somebody else's book or somebody else's website or somebody else's to help me and it's more like what is it that makes you happy man what makes you happy is doing the things that you love what what makes you happy is hanging around with your wife and your kids what makes you happy is having fun and laughing and so i try when i feel myself not feeling like myself i think to myself why have i not done these things that i know help me and inevitably it i always comes back to having my head down in life and not looking up and experiencing things. So that, oh. for me, that is always what it comes down to. That's awesome. What a sound <laughs> that, awesome. that was awesome. So good. So good. And like, so simple. It's, you can't like forget that. That's some, that's like a takeaway we can all have. It's like, yeah. Oh, am, am I not, why, am I not having fun? Okay. Let me figure out. Let me, let me remind myself. What do I actually love? What is fun for me? I mean, I think that's perfect when you catch yourself kind of, in the grind and you don't know why you're doing certain things to so just remind yourself, wait a minute, this is supposed to be fun. What's going on? You know, am I, am I, right. am I forcing something that shouldn't be there? Or, you know, but I love that. I love that too. You know, think about this. Think about where we are right now and how many things we could worry about. But now think about, even if you worry about it 24 hours a day, is it going to help? No. Right. Are you going yeah. to be able to solve the coronavirus? Are any four of us? We have solutions. You don't know so, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, I'm gonna call that mushroom guy after this. So you call me later, and I'll tell you what my solutions are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So 
why am I worrying about the things that I can't change? What can I change? Well, if I make myself happier and, I, and if I spread that to the people around me and then the people around them do the same thing, we are actually making things better for everybody. But if we all sit and isolate and just worry all of the time, and it's impossible not to. Don't make, I don't want you to think that I sit here and Beth and I are like, everything's great. We yeah. Obviously, we get caught in it. But we also have been doing a really good job of checking in with each other and and just being like, you know, letting people have, letting each other have our moments, but then going back to finding the things that we love. I love that. Oh, Did you share so your good. favorite quote yet, Josh? I did not. Well, hit us with it. Um, okay. My dad said something to me that changed my life as an old and it was probably about i don't know beth and i were in boston it was probably six years ago and um he had asked me a question and it struck me the wrong way and i laid into him a little bit and i answered it but i laid into him a little bit and i woke up the next day and i remember i was in the hotel room with beth that night and i was almost in tears i was like man i shouldn't lay into my dad like that he was just asking me and I just didn't like the way he asked me. And I didn't, it's a question that I, I had done something that wasn't stand up. And he said to me, Hey, you were really good at that, man. You know, if stand up doesn't work out, you could do this. Oh, Did you ever think about boy. what you would do? Mm. And that strikes a chord with me because it still makes the trigger for me is people still thinking this is like a part time gig. Now, this is what yeah. I do, motherfucker. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm Absolutely. sure we all have that trigger. We all have yes. that trigger, right? And so I went down the next day and I, I apologized to him. I go, I'm really sorry, man. I'm really sorry that I went off on you like that. And he said, hey, don't you ever apologize for giving an answer that was your truth. I said, what do you mean? He said, if I don't want, if I don't want the answer, I shouldn't ask you the question. And I was like, holy oh, shit. Mm. <laughs> and I said, I said, what do you mean? He goes, you can't be mad at somebody for giving their answer to a question that you asked. That's your problem. I asked you a question, you answered it. I can't be mad just because I didn't like the answer. And I was like, good Lord. I changed, <laughs> what? It, changed, it changed so much for me. But yeah, that, that was the one for me. That was the one for me. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. He yeah, was right. Like, I can't get a bunch of feelings over somebody else's truth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. Man. I'm going to have to... Yeah. That in mind I've, I've never thought of it like that yeah man yeah. he he said that i've there have been questions i didn't ask you because i didn't want to know the answer i didn't want to hear the answer mm. just in case and i was like oh right. that makes sense um josh how long have you been married beth and i got married in 2004 nice um wow. i was I would love to just like, what is your advice? Uh, I'm going to be getting married uh, this, you know, next year. And what is your advice on, you know, maintaining a happy, healthy relationship? I would love to hear from you about that. Marathon, not a sprint. There are going to be times when you flat out are just not getting along. And that that's not time to pull the cord you know what i mean like mm -hmm. just know that there there's ebb and flow to everything and if you're with somebody for an extended period of time there's going to be times where you aren't getting along and there are going to be times where you're not seeing eye to eye but that doesn't mean that you don't love each other and that doesn't mean you aren't going to get through that it's just the ebb and flow of life and so i think some divorces happen quick because people pull that cord because they're like, oh, it's a bump and they get scared or whatever. And um, you have to remember, go back to that person you married mm. and, yeah. and, and always, always go back to that is what I would say. The other thing I would say, any changes you want to make to your significant other, I would, I would uh, address those pre-marriage because right. once you're married, man, I married you. Now you, you don't like me. Like now you don't like this thing that's been a huge part of my personality for my whole life. Right. You know what I mean? So those kind of things, because it kind of seems like unfair or like a trick where you're like, wait a second, I've always done this. Now yeah. we're talking about it, you know? Yeah. So I would say those two things for me are, are, are good ones.
That's great advice. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That yeah. is good to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you got Thank you for giving us your time, Josh. I know, like yeah. we said before, busy man. Hard out. Yeah. <laughs> busy, busy. <laughs> um, can, you, can you plug one more time where people can find you? Um, I, you can find me on uh, my, my Facebook Watch show. Um, is Joshua's Wonderful World of Weird. It's on Facebook Watch. But all social media is uh, at Josh Wolf Comedy. And if you go to my Facebook fan page, um, I do a couple of shows there. I do Control Chaos there, which all three of you have been on and crushed. Um, and I do my high live on there. And my YouTube channel is where all my stand-up is. And uh, like I said, I got over a million subscribers and my specials on there. So go check it out. Amazing. Thank awesome. you. Thank you so yeah, much, Josh. Thank you, Josh. Thank you. And uh, we hope to see you guys soon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Stay safe. All right. Bye. 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 Thank you guys so much for listening to Self Helpless. We love you guys so much. There are a few different ways you can support our show. You can leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us move up the charts. You can also tell a friend about the show, post it on social media, and you can join our Patreon. It's where you can get bonus episodes from us and lots of really fun content and ways to interact with the show. That's at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. And if you go to selfhelplesspodcast.com, that's where you can get links to all of our individual stuff. Delaney, where can people find you? You can find me at DelaneyFisher.com. You can find uh, the online courses there, one-on-one creative consulting, watch my comedy special, and find Dicks by Delaney there. Perfect. Tay, where can people find you? You can find me on ttomcomedy.com for tour dates and links to everything else social media-wise. I am at Taylor Tomlinson on Twitter and Instagram. Perfect. You guys can find me at KelseyCook.com for all my tour dates. My Instagram is at KelseyCookComedy. Twitter is at KelseyCook. Uh, please be sure to watch my foosball web series on YouTube called Wrist of Fury. I've had Delaney and Taylor on together. It was such a fun episode. And you can download and buy my album Savor It on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you find comedy albums. We also want to give a shout out to our amazing producer, Lauren Mahoney, and our amazing editor, Emma Erdbrink. We love you guys, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.